This is Chaplain Jake Snodgrass, and this is the Prodeo Podcast, where we tackle the issues focused on military, congregational renewal, and missional community formation. On this episode of Prodeo, we are talking preaching and its importance in the process of revitalization for Army Chapel communities and military congregations. And we're talking today with the preaching subject matter expert, Brandon Moore, who served as the homiletics SME at Fort Jackson um, for a couple years and then has continued on and just his advisement and his role, his influence in the areas of chapel communities. And so we are excited to have Brandon Moore on. Enjoy. Okay. Hey, it's great to join you today. My name is Chaplain Brandon Moore. My current position is I work at the Chief of Chaplain's Office uh, with Strategic Communications. Previous Previously, um, I've also been the homiletics um, subject matter expert at USACS, so I know a lot of probably the listeners uh, that have been through um, maybe a class at Chibolic or C4 or, or something else. Awesome. I know that. So when I went to C4, uh, you were the homiletics SME there, and so learned a lot um, from you and just really talking about um, the importance of preaching and then also kind of the assessments and all the things that kind of went with that. Can you just kind of speak to what you're seeing um, as um, really what is significant um, in terms of pastoral and preaching development and maybe with some, some positive notes from, from, from what you've seen in the last few years? Sure. So I think the positive thing is everybody realizes the importance of preaching. Sometimes we yeah. We overemphasize and think that's all that we need to do. Right. You have a team of 10 chaplains and all they want to do is, when do I preach? When do I preach? And there's sure. not the collaboration. So I think the, the good part about as we start talking about communities, chapels, development, is realizing it's a both and, not an either or. So the, it's sort of like if you were cooking a meal and you had this really great steak, but then you sat down and you had nothing to drink. You had no utensils. You had, you had no garnish, nothing else. It's like, wow, that steak was great, but I had to rip it up with my hands and eat it. And I think at times, any illustration breaks down, but I think at times, sometimes our chapels, it's like, hey, someone showed up and grilled a steak and brought it in and thought that was enough. But that doesn't create an experience, a conversation, something memorable, even something life-changing. It just was a good steak bite a steak in that moment right uh so Good. does that make sense yeah that makes sense i mean so you're saying like really in terms of the chapel community as a collective whole and all the work that it's doing um it's not necessarily it's not preaching isn't a one-stop shop in the sense that you're preaching a sermon boom you're done and everybody's happy and fed and, and going home you're, you're saying maybe maybe the illustration would be like a log on the fire that the preaching kind of uh, ignites and sustains mm-hmm. um, the energy and life of the, the congregation, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of ways of looking at it, but it, the key would be realizing that it's a piece of something larger, the experience. Right. And it's, it's an important piece. So I think yes. as we look at preaching and teaching, um, fundamental, especially depending on ver- you know, various listeners, one of the essence or the key is the, there's, it's kind of a one-two punch. What's the point? What's the purpose? And then the goal would be that that was derived from the text. So okay. what was the passage talking about? 
what's the point? How do I, I explain that point through, uh, and we all come from different backgrounds, but at the very simplest form, it's what's the sacred text? How, what's the point that the author is making? How do I begin to bring that into a contemporary text? And then what's the purpose as a result of this sermon? What are we supposed to do about it? And I think sometimes we've been taught by seminary professors and their job was just to explain the text like a teacher. But then the question is now what? So I understand all this background and all this understanding about the early church and customs and all these other things. But then you leave going, wow, the, the preacher sure is smart. <laughs> and, and you don't go, but what am I, why, I don't, I, what am I supposed to do with this ceremonial law or with this unique uh, Greek word that someone explained? And right. not that that's not important, but it's, it's, again, it's a one-two punch. It's what was the point? How do we draw that out? How do we flesh it? And then the second is now what do I do with it? And there's the application point as you kind of uh, work with that. So that's just sort of a simple aspect of preaching. Good. I, I, so I, mean, I know that, you know, in our congregations, um, handful of, a handful of things that tend to come up and that you've kind of addressed this just a smidge, you know, like you're talking like big, you know, chaplain pastoral teams on a, on a everybody kind of is wanting to preach and it creates, um, there's there's two things that are happening simultaneously one i feel like and this has been my experience is that the congregation likes consistency mm -hmm. and so they like um maybe one two three guys but you know two or three is is usually um kind of rotating through and we've done it a handful of different ways but then too they also like a good theme mm -hmm. like you know like like over a period of time when you're preaching through a book of the bible or something along those lines then yet you have that, and then simultaneously, right? You also have the the need um, actually to develop guys, mm -hmm. and you you do want to get them opportunities to communicate and speak. How have you seen that best balance? Yeah. So so there's two main, especially in the chaplaincy, there's two main sort of theories. Um, one one that a lot of people will say is, hey, we just need the main preacher to preach most of the time, and then you rotate in a, a couple other people. The second. The second option that I kind of assert that some don't agree with me, I'm just being honest, is I think you can have a large team, even a large preaching team, as long as you have a clear theme series and the team is unified and moving in the same direction, almost as a clear voice. What does not work in chapels, and I think what creates frustration, angst, is where everybody does what's right in their own eyes. And right. it and what you do and, and the simple way is you you know you take calendar everybody writes their name in and they do whatever they want that doesn't work at all so right. so the kickback to that is saying well we're not going to let everybody just put their name on the list we're just going to have a couple people and then that's going to sink sort of this theme together because it's the same person that has the same thoughts I do think you can have a larger team that helps with development and then even um, continuing moving in the direction as long as you have a clear series and direction. So I've seen that done a few different ways. Um, one thing we, one time we did where we had, let's say we had 10, um, we had 10 different people on the team and, and all, and all wanted to preach. One, mm -hmm. one way that we did where we were able to accomplish that was we had one primary past, pat preaching pastor that led 
a series, and then they had three, three or uh, four other, I think four other people. They worked right. together. So the one main person preached maybe two Sundays uh, versus three, um, or at least once a month, and then the others fit in. And then what happened is we flipped so that then the next series, the other team, you had, you had the main pastor maybe that was in that other team as well for consistency, right. but you began to rotate some others in. So it gave them the option, but at the same time, it felt consistent. Um, right. The other thing that I think is key is the people, even when you're not preaching, the people on the team need to be at chapel and be a, be right. a part of greeting talk. Right. I mean, it sounds odd to go. It's like, but when you think about chapel at its worst, it's again, I signed up for this week and I, and I'm only going to show up this week without yeah. my family even. So there's this disconnect where it's like, I'm, I'm just preaching and that's all right. they're doing. And there's no connection with the uh, congregation. They don't even know the people. And right. it, that doesn't do what we're wanting to do. So that's where preaching, I think, is at the worst. It's like, I wrote this sermon. You can't tell me what to do. I, I have July 10th. So I'm preaching July 10th on whatever I want to preach on. And you're going, what? And congregations. <laughs> and there's frustration. And then what happens right. is there's no unity and problems. And, 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 and we might go, well, that would never happen, would it? And, <laughs> and as those listeners would shake their heads unfortunately say no it does happen too often right. um i don't know does that as we as we no, it does we... yeah i mean i think we kind of i've done a little bit of both so when we were at carson i felt like we were a little bit more we had like three guys really who rotated through like um and it was pretty much just those three guys for i mean i was there so I was in a weird situation where I actually like basically was like the either co-lead or lead pastor for about five years there. So, um, so we did it a little different each year, but for the most part, primarily it was, it was three main guys rotating through but here. Um, we have a bigger team uh, and we have, and it's kind of weird. It's, we're all pretty junior. Um, so, you know, I'm a, a newish major and then the rest of them are pretty junior captains. Um, and then we have one other kind of senior major. Well, I, I basically preach two sermons a month and then everybody else kind of rotates through. Um, and then we're able to get some guys. We actually also have a couple of different opp preaching opportunities to hand out. But, so it works well, but it's not that. I mean, I, I still don't um, necessarily. I don't feel like I'm. I feel like it's best of somewhat of both worlds. I'm not. No, I don't know that I just I love it. 100 percent of like how how everything goes but for the most part everybody's works together pretty well but it's just a, it's just a, it's a constant issue that i feel like um trying to create scenarios where guys are being able to preach and record um has been good one thing i've actually enjoyed is that because of the COVID 19 stuff mm -hmm. um, we've actually been putting guys on doing um online devotionals and i've let them pretty much exclusively do them and they've been about you know five minutes long mm -hmm. But but have been good. They've kind of managed the points and stuff like that, and that's been actually pretty helpful and able to publish them. But I, I do see it. I mean, like I think, um, kind of all the things that you've mentioned, um, I've seen it, you know, done around, and and definitely know that people appreciate the, the thematic and um, and then the intentional preaching model. And I think chapels tend to go well when they do that for sure. 
the other thing um, we kind of move, we're talking about preaching teams, but also as you look at building community at chapels is realizing that every, every there's no one size fits all. There's right. best practices. There's tips. There's things that you're like, you know what? I tried this in Colorado, but it doesn't quite work in Korea. Or I tried this for me. It's like, I tried this at, um, you know, Fort Bragg, but then when I got to the to uh, the chaplain school and it was mostly AIT students and students, there's a different dynamic or here at Fort Meyer, it's a lot of senior retirees and there's this uh, unique dynamics based on the culture of the place. So you have to be present, understand, and then begin to think through how do we begin to create this, you know, uh, community that honors God, that connects with people, and that you're used, having a team approach where people are able to use their gifts. And you mentioned rank, and that's that's a kind of a tough thing. You got skill, rank, and then you've got unique positions. So right. so so all of those things factor in as you're building a team because some people look, oh, you know what? I'm the I'm the head, I'm the ranking highest, highest ranking person, so I get to talk the most, do the most. And then I've been to places where it's been the opposite, where there was some really great seasoned colonels who had even been um, garrison chaplains before. And they said to me, Brandon, we love preaching. You're the pastor. We're going to serve you. Anything you need will help you. And it was just refreshing because it was like, wow, I have questions about this. So the mentorship that can happen from seniors, the encouragement and other kinds of things was huge. Um, and especially like even in this situation at Fort Jackson, I had, um, chaplain Thompson was uh, the name of the senior uh, chaplain that was there helping me. And we ran into some issues with mold, uh, some other kinds of things where we had to actually shut down part of the chapel because there was mold throughout the, uh, the building and in the children's <laughs> wing and all this other stuff. Okay. Right. And he said, he said, uh, he said, oh, I know how to help you with this. Here's, here's, here's sort of the direction we need to go. And it's like, thanks. So you're actually able to navigate. How do you deal with, um, how do you deal with garrison? How do you get extra funds? How do you do some other kinds of things? So that becomes helpful if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of good help here as well. Chaplain Bolas, Chaplain mm-hmm. Kim, they've been fantastic. They, all, they <laughs> Obviously they have a great pedigrees and, and then also invest in this process. We, so when you're talking about, you know, developing preachers, I know yes. this is kind of a little bit of your, mm-hmm. um, your, your key, your thing. Um, what, what have you seen in terms of effective tools at really developing guys um, with the tools that you've produced, but also through just your know, best practice? Yeah, yeah. So the key, the number one key, and it's very frustrating when, you, if you say it seems obvious, but then it seems like you don't want to do it. Andy Stanley says um, he, he doesn't, every week he watches his sermon and he's like the guy. And you, and you right. think, and you think of others, like uh, even in professional sports and other things, what do they do? No matter how good you are, you watch game film. So, right. so one of the number one things is self-evaluation because who's the, the person that can affect your delivery, your preparation, the development, even the preaching more than anything else is you. So, 
so stop i mean and, and we're sometimes we're our worst critic right we're like oh something was terrible or i could have done something Definitely. different and whatever and and it's not it's 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 kind of odd because that's true but then the question isn't just this self-loathing but going what could i do different as a, what would i do different next time so there's key questions you have to ask you're watching you go okay what would i do different next time well um if it was, sometimes I joke, it's a joke, but it's true. If it was, sometimes if it's 10 minutes shorter, it would have been 10 minutes better. Um, <laughs> and because if, if the sermon's not awesome, making it longer doesn't make it better. Right? <laughs> I mean, Land right, plane. people yeah. are ready to move on. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I got it. Or if it's not deep, if you're not developing or you're not going somewhere, then it doesn't need to continue. Just we got you. We got the point. You you read the text. You explained the text. I understand. I don't need another story, a hero story, or some other weird thing. I just want you to be done. And so I think there's times when, if it, 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 and you get it when you're when you honestly sit down and watch it, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to watch this sermon any longer. And if that's the case, then. It forces you. It's you're like I'm inflicting everyone else with this. I need to have a taste of my own medicine, um, because when we're up preaching, we think we're the funniest. We love it. Right. It's an adrenaline thing. Whatever else. It's different on Monday or on the next week when you have to sit down and actually watch it. You're like, oh, I, I look right. like that. I talk like that, and you can see things that you never would would notice, like touching your face, putting your hand in your pocket doing things that you're like, why was I doing that? And you start realizing maybe it was nerves, maybe it was something else. Um, so number one, I think is self-evaluation, watching a video. If you go, so if you go to, um, and we could put probably some links in the, the notes or something, but USAC's training um, at army.mil, there's a training portal and under the training directorate, and then there's a subject matter expert a link and then a homiletics link and there's different evaluation forms. So it's like a, an evaluation form a team could use and begin to work through. There's a new one they developed called on target coaching, which is another, another one as well as an app. So you said, you created an app that you can use on your phone to give some feedback. So the key isn't that the tool is so great. The key is actually using something. Um, right. So whether it's the, form that I, I developed, the form that the current uh, homiletics me, uh, Aaron Swartz developed, the app, there's a self-evaluation form. And then the key is thinking about how do we then give that feedback? And I think as a sen as senior chaplains, if they're listening, uh, pastors of chapels, the key is we need to be humble enough to allow others to, to critique us and then vice versa, give feedback and coaching to others so it's not like oh i'm the person in charge so i'm grading you it starts to it, i think the reverse right. the other way around going hey i'm not just going to help you get better i want you to help me get better and if right, if, right. if god's going to be glorified if there's going to be some change in me then let's start there and it, you don't give me feedback some of it's talking my suggestion is one-on-one -on -one is better than huge group thrashings um yes the group, the group can all fill out information. What I like doing, I tried to model in class 
But what I like doing in a, in a team too is we realize that it's a norm that everybody gets some feedback as well as get, if you're going to, if you're going to take time and preach in our chapel, then you're going to also take time to watch your sermon. And then you're going to meet with someone. Maybe it's myself or maybe it's someone else. If you kind of partner up kind of like uh, almost like sermon buddy teams or something and, and one-on-one you can kind of discuss. And then the person who's doing the coaching can actually uh, consolidate some of the other forms rather than taking a lot of time in the large group meeting and, or it become very, very frustrating. Like we're beating each other up because that's not the goal, right? The goal would be to, to clarify time, to be able to help everybody get better and kind of work through that. Um, So there's different ways of doing it, but I think that um, one-on-one with form, number one thing would be somebody, if you're preaching, you're listening to your message and then you're going to meet with someone. And even that is a forcing function to kind of work through it. And there's going to be some people that don't want to do it. Well, guess what? Go to a different chapel team. Because we're about development and getting better. So if you don't want to, then that's fine. Go to one of the other places that you can work where you can do your own thing. But we're working as a team. And, and not to be rude, but to say, no, if you want to be on the best team, that's our team and what we're doing here. But some of that has to do with development and it's going to require more of you. And some don't, don't want to do that. So it's, it's also can create, um, in a sense, weeding people out that really don't want to be a part of the team. Yeah. I mean, I think I've found, too, a little bit what is helpful is I, I try to ask guys, like, what was your reaction um, versus critique, per se? Like, I mean, so like, it's one of those weird deals where I feel like, you know, my critiques of sermons are groomed by my tradition or the people mm-hmm. that I like to listen mm-hmm. to or a variety of things, right? You know, so, like, and sometimes that's helpful and not helpful. And so, um, but I do... I do, you know, I react to a sermon in the midst of it and being able to take those notes and then offer that as feedback is great. But I've also seen too is it's kind of crazy. Good. I walk. Okay. Yes. Yeah. When I watch the sermon, I'm brutal on myself. Right. And then when I actually talk about what I saw, it's always encouraging the guys didn't <laughs> notice that. <laughs> and then they're like, and they offer some positive feedback. And I'm like, you know, it's like, okay, I recognize that I may be maybe being justified a little bit in terms of my preaching and then I'm uh, uh, maybe I'm maybe my, my problem is a lack of faith in the sovereignty of God and rather than um, my, my salvation rest and my preaching skills rather than um, in Jesus alone. So, um, so that's been helpful. I, I appreciate that, that kind of feedback too, from just learning how to develop, uh, develop guys and listen. Do you think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think that, you know, as you're kind of going ahead, bringing in um you know an, an analysis from your congregation is ho- ever helpful in that regard like I, I feel like being able to listen to some of the people in the congregation and what they have to say sometimes maybe helpful sometimes maybe not i mean i think you have to be a little careful what, what, what have you seen positive i think about that deciding what you actually want rather than saying how is the sermon or something else giving clear guidelines sure. like i've even used the forms and i've intentionally asked various people and and they're actually learning more about the sermon they're learning about preaching by looking for hey mm. what's the what's the main idea and and even just giving them a simple and in the forms there's one that i call the short form so the short form basically just okay. is what was the point what was the purpose 
like, and I even write, as a result of this sermon, I want my listeners to what? And I'll tell them, I want you to write a sentence. I spoke for 30 minutes. What did I want you to do based on that 30 minutes? And then, then there was a suggestion for improvement and then something that they really liked. And that's all. So if you got those four things from anyone in the congregation, uh, what's really fun when I'm the guy that's sort of passing out the forms is giving forms to um, like junior high, high school kids of the preacher. And, yeah. and what's really cool is they're like, <laughs> I mean, I get the opportunity to tell my dad or my mom what we think. And we're like, yeah, you do. And then, they, and I said, you don't even have to give it back to them. Give it to me. And, then, and uh, so there's a <laughs> process that's really cool because now they're a part of it. And I guarantee you that child, now that they, they feel like they're a part of the, of the growth, they're look, they're figuring out what am I supposed to be looking for? Okay. I'm looking for that phrase that pays what that thing that da- the dad or mom said over and over again, I'm looking for what the purpose is. And now they're able to go, Hey, you know, I didn't understand that story. When you told that story about the deployment or whatever, that didn't make sense. And it's like, okay, well, and, and one of my, one of my little phrases about illustrations is we think stories or something else is an illustration. It's not. It's, it's just a story or something else. An il, an illustri- <laughs> an, an illust- a story has potential to be an illustration or a distraction. What, and if, right. why would we want to add a three-minute distraction? We wouldn't if we, if we called it that. Well, right. that was just my illustration. No. Because it didn't illustrate anything. It, it, it actually <laughs> took away from all the direction you were going. So, so helping people understand sure. that. Um, another, another little fra- phrase or a tip, like if you're coaching, is called, um, Nancy Duarte talks about, but it's, it's the star moment. Star, something they'll always remember. And uh, one of the yeah. things I like if I'm sitting down, like if I'm listening to your sermon, and you go, hey, give me some feedback. I'd say, well, you know, you kept touching your face. I don't really understand why. And you put both hands in your pocket and we're walking around. That was distracting. But you know what? The star moment, the part that was just amazing was when you connected the point of the text to that story about your grandmother. And, and then it, it made me want to cry and made me want to high five Jesus because it was so awesome. So so it's how do you help people to go, okay, I'm fine. I'm not going to put my hand in my pocket and walk around, but do use that story again because it, because it connected everything together. So it's helping people go, yes, I'm, I'm, I realized I shouldn't have done that, but wow, this was the piece. So the remembering the star moment is helpful. And generally you can find one in the, in the sermon, right? If the, you, might, you might just go, you know what? When you read the Sermon on the Mount, it was awesome. I love that text. And that might be what you, that was a star moment. Do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you go, you know, some of the other stuff was boring, but man, when you just, when you read Sermon on the Mount, yeah. rah, the Bible is good. And do, do that, <laughs> do that again. <laughs> and, and, um, and then even helping people. Quite, so, so yes, I think it's helpful, but pick specifically people in the congregation ahead of time ask don't tell right hey would it be okay if if you did some feed uh, gave me some feedback because our team wants to get better oh absolutely and then making it simple 
Awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, the, and I, I mean, the structural piece, and I know that when we're looking at um, like overall preaching methods and, and styles and things like that, obviously we know like the, the Holy Spirit does work even sometimes when we're, you know, repeatedly touching the podium. I'm not going <laughs> to give away my. Or driving case. it, right? You um, on both sides and kind of drive it around. <laughs> right usually like i have this i don't really want to reveal this to everybody but um i use a music stand mm -hmm. i just use whatever's up there right and i throw it up there and then for whatever reason you know like these music stands they always are mm -hmm. like i need to adjust them so mm -hmm. i'll adjust mm -hmm. it right at the very beginning and then maybe like 10 times after that i'll reach over and like mm -hmm. touch it at the bottom of it because like, you know, like i don't feel like mm -hmm. it's the right spot but then it becomes like a nervous tick. It's a weird. And how many it's times? A weird, uh, and how many times have you pulled, pulled the actual stand off of the thing? And I almost oh, walked okay. off the front of it uh, nice. about a month ago. I was like, my mm -hmm. my toes were like right on the edge, and I was kind of like leaning over. And I was really close yeah. to losing my balance and falling yeah. off. It had been so, pretty epic. If you so so you were talking video. about um, structure <laughs> of a, of a message. There's several different approaches, but one of the things when we start looking at sermon like. So tell us the best one. And it's like, first of all, that's the wrong question. And there's different ways to look right. at and And I think variety is the best. That's what's also, I think, where sometimes we think there's a disadvantage in having multiple preachers. If we're all moving in the right. same direction and we're all getting better, it's actually a huge advantage because different communication styles based on different learning styles and different things in a congregate if, if a congregation has five or six really good preachers that are growing and it fits together like it's nested like a puzzle they're going to rise up and call you blessed because they're going to go you know what yeah. I, I like there's different people in the congregation that likes the different unique styles and when when the preacher right. is comfortable in their own skin understands and is kind of in that zone it's amazing. It's a God thing and even a worshipful thing to go, that person's quirky, but man, they're comfortable in their quirkiness. And I like their, I like the weird joke. Right. I wouldn't pull off that weird <laughs> joke, but that's them. And they tell the strange joke that connects with the passage that then transforms your life. And that's awesome. And that's the unique part, I think, about the giftedness and the quirkiness of who we are, how God God didn't create another person when he created me. He created me. So I'm going to use visual illustrations and I'm going to yell and I'm going to do some other stuff and move around. And you may not, you know, I, I, I can't pull off the tight yeah. jeans, but you look really good with the tight jeans and the scarf, you know, and uh, uh, <laughs> playing with the stand. And, and some people will <laughs> resonate with you and go, you know what? I just love that. And then others will go, you know, He's okay, but man, I really understand from you. So the, the goal is realizing almost like a dream team where we're, we're better together than we are yeah. separate. We're helping each other and we're moving in the same direction because our goal is to care for the congregation. Right. No, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's a strength and um, I know that and Eric Dean preaches completely different than I do, but he brings some clarity and some points that, that man, I, I, I've appreciated mm -hmm. to listen to. So that's across the board. Um, that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and end it. You can find more from us at prodeochapel.com and click on our social media platforms and connect with us there. <laughs>